Hi, Emmy. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Taylor. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited. A little uh, nervous. I'm excited though. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I think I should start off by just explaining a little bit about what we're doing. Um, Substack says that this is a podcast, but that feels very <laughs> official to me. Too Sounds official. Very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm considering this like a fun audio bonus to the mm-hmm. newsletter that you and I worked on together. Mm-hmm. And so readers can be looking at the newsletter at the same time, which is great. They can see the things that we're talking about. They can see the books that we're talking about. Yeah. But this is for people who want to dig a little deeper and they want to learn more about these books and children books as an art form and maybe mm-hmm. learn more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to have a fun conversation. Real cash. Um, keeping it casual. Real, really casual. Um, <laughs> I could not be more excited though to be kicking this off with you um Mm. one because I'm a big fan (laughs) but two um well also because we both are huge fans of books and reading children's books as an art form but I think the most important reason is that I don't this is kind of embarrassing to admit but I feel like I have a real kinship with you (laughs) oh for sure I totally I think we're kindred spirits exactly yeah I think um let's see we both graduated high school in the year 2000. Love it. Class of yeah. 2000, or represent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were both, uh, what, like, diehard General Hospital fans in the 90s. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, my older sister really uh, – it, it really stemmed from me, from my older sister, like, fighting over the TV, and she had that time slot. So I was so desperate to just time watch slot. TV that I was just like – Okay, here we go. And then I was in. Yeah. I mean, those those shows, like, they hook you fast. They know. They've got the formula dialed in. They really do. I mean, I, I, I've told you off the record before that I went to the Soap Opera Digest Awards. I mean, I was, I was in. I am so impressed by that. It made me love you even more. I was like, wow. Wow. That's just well, beyond thing, impressive. I don't know if I told you this. I can't remember, but... Um, I was so I was a teenager, but that I joined these like chat groups that were mm-hmm. really invested in these characters. So it was Lucky and Liz were my characters, that right? I'm really into like just go <laughs> into, and so I joined this chat group as a teenager where we would like talk about the episodes. And oh my God, um, I love you. Yes, and we all decided to meet like in LA, and my parents like, took me out there. Yeah. My parents are so great. They took me out there and it was like, I was like me, the teenager with like a bunch of like stay-at-home moms. (laughs) It was adorable. Oh my gosh. I would have just been on cloud nine there with you. I feel like I probably like saw photos. Do you remember like the TV guide? And I think that there was probably photos of those awards in the TV guide. So I probably saw you in a photo. Oh yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably like definitely (laughs) documented there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like, and there were, I mean, there's so many things I was like, we're both fans of Phoebe Bridgers. I mean, he's not a fan. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, Uh, I feel like that's the, my pandemic soundtrack constantly for sure yeah Yeah. um so the list goes on I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of all the (laughs) we were we lived in the bay area for a while we lived in san francisco my husband and I and our oldest and so having some sort of 
time in California from my end. And then, yeah, moms. I don't know. Lots, lots of things. <laughs> lots of things. Um, and when I sent out the feelers to the Moonbow readers about, like, what would they like to see in the newsletter? What would interest them? You had the idea of guests coming on and sharing a stack of books. And mm-hmm. obviously, I love that idea. I think that the readers of this newsletter love books. So yeah. that's, like, the perfect setup. And so I'm really excited that we're going to kick that off with you. Um, so sweet. And I just want to say, too, that was not like a self-serving um, <laughs> request from my end. I was like genuinely like, I want to know what would be in other people's stack. So me suggesting that, like, I could be honest, sometimes you like suggest something like, mm, maybe I could do that. No, it was like completely like, no, I just want to know what everyone else is reading. So oh. you asked me and I was like legitimately surprised, like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Well, I took it as like, I... I love that idea, and she's going to be the first one to do it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but I, before we jump into all the book stuff, um, yeah, because I'm this is very casual, and I'm not doing any kind of like official intro for you. I would love if you could just tell people who you are, like what you mm. do exactly, and kind of yeah. like how did you get into kids' books? Right. I feel well. I mean, I I'll keep it short. I feel like this could be a very long answer, but. Um, Yeah, I'm an author and illustrator of books for kids and everyone, and um, I've always wanted to be a writer, and um, so that's always been on my radar, but I have a lot of different interests too, and I just, I don't know, I just have lots of things. I changed my major in college like seven times. I think I jumped into like, started college with like a journalism degree, but I do love to make things up. (laughs) And that does not go hand in hand with reporting the facts. So, and then I just, I really, I grew up, I worked at, um, with kids a lot. Like I was a babysitter and I was a camp counselor and all these things. And so I was, and I come from a family of teachers and I was like, I, I should probably do that. That feels like, you know, it's in my wheelhouse. So I graduated with a degree in secondary education English and my my focus my emphasis was playwriting so in college I did a lot of playwriting and um had stuff like you know in college on stage and whatnot and I do I feel like there are a lot of um similarities especially thinking of the format of the picture book um with theater and and writing for the stage in that way um and then, yeah, I had a – my minor was in earth science, and my well, he was my boyfriend at the time, and we decided to move to California, and I was looking for a teaching job teaching English, high school English. And everyone's an English teacher, it seems, and so there were no – there was no available jobs, but with that science minor, I was, like, knocking on doors, like, do you need an English teacher? And then it was like, oh, no, do you need a science teacher? And people would like laugh, like, oh, no, no, I can, I'm into that too. And so I taught high school out there for a few years at El Camino High School in South San Francisco. Um, But yeah, and then while we were out there, I got the, uh, I got in the know about 826 uh, that started in San Francisco. And I just Uh was so enamored with like, that whole setup, like youth writing and like supporting and like the volunteering aspect of it and supporting like teachers in the classroom and it just, and publishing student work, which is such a huge part of um, like my experience. I had a teacher who was just, uh, we had like 
published work with her in fifth and sixth grade. And it all just was like, this is it. This is the thing I want to do. And so we moved back to Michigan and um, I started a writing center here inspired by 826. And so same well, like model and setup is, you know, having a an interesting storefront and the writing center in the back and and getting involved with the greater network of um, other writing centers around the world and the 826 network has been really great. So did the writing center here and all that time, this is the longest. I just said it was going to be short. No, I love this. So keep going. <laughs> And so I'm like, and then chapter 17, I decided to, uh, no, but like all the whole time I was always working and writing and trying to figure out what, um, I don't know how you even get into the publishing industry, like how you, I didn't even know about an agent. And then, you know, over the years I've been like with research, like who represents folks that I like their, their books. And so it's been kind of like, it was like a gradual process and I was having, kids and growing a writing center. And, and so it got to a point just a where, busy. right. Yeah. I just had a lot of plates spinning and my husband and I, we have a coffee shop and growing that, and it's been a lot of plates spinning, but always in the background, I've been, you know, inching toward, you know, a, a writing career. And so we got to a point with rock, that's the writing center, read and write Kalamazoo, um, that we hired an executive director and I stepped down and just started, author the author illustrator life full-time oh my god that's so amazing that's interesting I um I knew a little bit about your background but yeah I didn't know well one I didn't know that you had um a specialty with playwriting which I yeah think, I think for a lot of just sort of average readers of picture books and stuff mm-hmm. they don't they may not consider how much I think stage playwriting um performance all those things go into making I think a really good picture book yeah. Huh. Interesting. And with Rock, um, you said you have the storefront as well, too. What yeah. is your storefront? Yeah. It's the uh, Geological and Musicological Survey Company. <laughs> <laughs> so we were deciding on, we wanted it to be a mouthful that people would like double take, like, what, 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 what is this? Yeah. And so we really lent on the like idea of the acronym for Read and Write Kalamazoo is Rock. And so we were like, Rock Music, uh-huh. Rocks Like Geology. So it's just a mishmash of like music, like instruments and like geological survey stuff, like goggles and magnifying glasses and, and we have story rocks and it's, it's all very, it's all very, there's instruments you can play like, yeah. That so. is, I love that. I just love that whole model so much. Oh, it's and brilliant. Yeah. It's so brilliant. And if people don't quite understand what we're talking about, but just like with 826, you know, the other is like a pirate store and yeah. there's the the time travel mart, right? Like, yeah, those yeah. are the only ones I know of, but like, right. um, <laughs> but yeah. um, that these, that kids and adults can step mm-hmm. into that store before going to the tutoring center and just be immersed in a real store kind of story like that is so I just think that that's so incredible um yeah it's so fun it's uh, incredible to see because our storefront's pretty small so bringing in like a classroom of students to like here's your field trip and like the the class the full class of kids like barely fit in the store you just see them like (laughs) looking at each other like this is our field trip and you're just like oh yeah we can show you in the back and there's like you know I had this grand idea of having this like secret bookcase that you know slides but with like I don't know 
building laws. Yeah. <laughs> like we couldn't do that for safety reasons, which, okay, I get it. But so there's a curtain, but then they walk back and it's this huge place with like, and it's like, oh, you hear the like audible gasps and it's, it's so fun every time. So yeah, I miss yeah. doing that day to day, but there's an awesome staff there now. And just seeing how, since I've left, they've just, it's grown and I don't know. I just love oh, it. That's it's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. And so now you're doing um, children's books full time. Yeah. 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 And how, how has that trans- transition been for you? Like moving into, oh. your- how long have you been doing that for now? Um, so I stepped down from rock in 2018. And so it's been, you know, since then that I've just had this full time writer's gig. <laughs> and I think just, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I am so lucky. I'm so happy. And I'm, and I'm, but it's a lot of hard work, you know, it's like, it's not, uh, you know, you make the work yourself basically, you know, so mm-hmm. figuring out what that balance is and what the time frame, what my day to day looks like and the amount of time actually spent writing or making art or, you know, it, and then having books in the world and just that whole balance has been something that, um, I am still learning and it's you know my my days aren't the same ever and I'm not at my desk writing and making art every day and you know days will pass I'm like oh my gosh I haven't picked up a paintbrush you know so um yeah it's it's a it's a learning curve but uh I'm having fun <laughs> that's good I, I don't know I if I answered your question you did you did <laughs> okay. um you I read somewhere I I think I read yeah. somewhere that you um and yeah, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you have mentioned that you feel a lot more comfortable in the writing position than you do in the art position or that confidence yes. wise, like confidence. Yes. Yes. And so with me, it was always like, a, um, like I said, since I was a kid, I had a typewriter. I was always writing stories, telling stories, making stuff up, loved stretching the truth. I was in kindergarten. I have a note from my kindergarten teacher and my mom this is like one of her favorite stories but I was like the classroom reporter and I feel like the teacher probably chose me because I was just like love to tell stories and stuff but these fifth graders would come and they would um ask questions about like wanting to know what you're doing in the class like what's Miss Carmen's class up to and I was just kind of like well I would tell them you know oh, we're doing this or that like very honestly but then I realized I had this audience and I would just start making stuff up. I was like, well, the zoo came last week. Let me tell you about that. And then these like fifth graders, you know, were eating it up, like tell us more. And like, I got a, the teacher got a note from the principal, like these are great stories, but people want to know what their kids are actually doing in kindergarten. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, okay. I guess we're not going to the moon next week, but you know. Uh, so I, I think it's always been in me to tell stories and I've always loved to draw, but less confident to share art. Like I, you know, and so, but I was always drawing and always making illustrations for the stories I was making. But even as a kid, I felt like they were like placeholders until like a real artist came along (laughs) and like, and I like, yeah, even in college, like I loved to paint. I loved art classes I had and for whatever reason, just totally lacked the confidence. And so when it came around to like submitting my first manuscript to 
prospective agents, I um, sent some art along with it and I had no idea how anything works. And I did say like, hey, I feel like, you know, the art definitely needs some work. Um, but here, just so you can like see what I'm talking about, like, I don't know. I was so naive to think that like they couldn't visualize, <laughs> you know, a character I needed to like give some help. Uh, but um the feedback I was getting. So I sent it to a couple agents and I heard back from both that were like, we love the art. We love it. Um, the story is like, I mean, the first story I sent was like way too long and, you know, definitely not a picture book. It was very long, but we love your art. Send more art. And I just was <sighs> like, what are these people talking about? Like the story? Yes, it's a lot. I mean, I guess it's long, but you know, like just totally naive to like that whole end of things. And mm -hmm. But hearing that about the artwork, I was like, well, maybe that's something I I could do. Maybe I could make the art. And it just started, I don't know, to build some self-confidence. And so what I did was I started an Instagram strictly for my art and started to share things every day. I was like, every day I just want to get better. So like every day I'm going to post something for a whole year. And this is like, I do this sort of thing all the time and I will um, stop. <laughs> pretty quickly. And so I started, I was like a nervous wreck. It felt like, right. I mean, sharing anything you make is such a vulnerable act. Right. But right. like, I don't know for me, like, I just wanted to like post something and crawl in a hole and you know, I still do still yeah. feel that way. Everything feels embarrassing to share about anything, so but um, I don't think you that know? feeling ever really goes away. I think if you're doing things right in a way, like it doesn't go away. Like if well, you're so good. comfortable. That's reassuring. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's just my way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you're so confident, like maybe you've gotten to a point where you need to be pushing yourself a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like you that's should have to hear. I don't yeah. know. I like that. No, All that's right. good we'll, to hear. We'll it. <laughs> Let's, yeah, we're like professionals. No, uh, but yeah, and so I, I actually did it for a year and like pretty quickly I was getting feedback of like, oh my gosh, this is funny or oh, that's beautiful or oh my, like, can I have a print of the, and just people wanting art I was making was so like baffling, but it also gave me the confidence of like this story I had that I was like, oh, maybe I'll just sketch a whole book out and see what that looks like and maybe some you know and so I did that and found an agent and I was just like oh my gosh it's happening <laughs> constant cool. imposter syndrome but uh, well, I'm, I'm feeling better about it now but, oh good you know. well and you should <laughs> um again if I'm not wrong at least with your new book and maybe more you can let me know but like mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure again this is something that people may not know about in the industry and mm -hmm. I don't even work in the industry but just from all the like stuff I've learned is that your books um like you've had a book go to auction right or yeah right and which just means that people really want your book like it's oh the, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean every single step of the way has been um wild and I'm and, and the thing is I've gone with different house and uh different publishing houses and editors and whatnot um, for different types of projects. I'm, I am making a lot of stuff that's different. So the first series I had is this Nerdy Baby series, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, all about being curious and asking questions about the world around you. And it really was a fun entrance into the publishing world for me because it was like, you know, a little science teacher background, you know, mm -hmm. my toe in the water. And I – and that work is done digitally and I'd never 
done digital art. And so that was new. And, um, you know, so anyhow, that went out into the world. And yeah, that went to auction. And I just was like, this is a wild ride. And, and having the other, like my fall book also did, and then the one I just sold. So it's very strange. Um, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's been reassuring. Like I said, for someone who like deeply feels like an imposter <laughs> in the world, it, it is reassuring. So let's talk more about books. Um, yes. Book let's stack. talk about your stack. Let's yeah. briefly again, before we get into the books, talk about you because in the newsletter, if people are looking at that simultaneously, you have yeah. a little, you talk about how serious, which is why I love that I did this with you first, like how serious <laughs> you took this project. Oh, I did. And, yes. And I love that. And that's why you're perfect for this. And that five, mm-hmm. five books is hard. I think, especially if you're I- somebody who loves books. Yeah, I think I sent you a few messages of like, this is hard. (laughs) You're like, I'm going to swap this. No, I'm going to swap that. No way. (laughs) Overthought everything. But I was like, five books. Okay, okay. And and the end product, the five books on my list, five books I adore, there's some favorites that I was like, oh, that didn't even make the cut. So I was surprised by my list. I think everyone should do this. Everyone make your, your list of five books. Yeah, I think it, it's so interesting. I yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into the books and talk about them. Yeah. Um, what was the first book that you picked? Um, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, uh, by Judith Fjorst and illustrated by Ray Cruz. <clears throat> Love this book so so much. Oh, so I much. feel like it's a great place to start. Um, kind of thinking about books because the, the 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 prompt that you gave was to pick books that what in that inspire like in, influence who I am as a writer and an, yeah like inspire yeah. and influence yeah. you and what like the <clears throat> kind of artist and uh both writer illustrator that you are yeah. yeah yeah and so on the list I feel like a common theme too are like books that I really connected with as a mm-hmm. as a kid and um and this is one of them for sure uh so I mean, I always assume that everyone knows this book, but the book is about Alexander and he has a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. That's a great great title. It is. It is. And and that title, I mean, that's another aspect of it. Like he um, has this terrible day and it's so reflective of the story, like just this like long title, this long day. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this unyielding, like one thing after the other. And for me as a kid, I just, it resonated. I was like, oh yes, this day, other people have this kind of day too. Wow. Okay. And just every single slight from sibling stuff to school stuff Mm -hmm. to like being having to sit in the back seat in the middle in the carpool and just like wanting the shoes with the stripes. I can't remember which one he wants, but he doesn't get the shoes yeah. that he wants or he gets the white ones. Yeah. And his brother gets the red ones with the white, with the blue stripes and the other one gets the blue stripes with the white. Yeah. It's just great. Um, but yeah, I just feel like <clears throat> as, uh, as an adult too, it still resonates just strictly as humans, you know, on planet earth, (laughs) we Uh have these days and I still feel like sometimes I'll, my husband gets to the studio first and I feel like sometimes I come in like, whoa, like Alexander just kind of like unfurling the morning, the dog did this and then so-and-so didn't want to brush their teeth and, you know, um, so it resonates as an adult and I feel like 
um, as a writer, it's just a masterclass in voice. Mm -hmm. So the cadence, um, you know, the way the sentences are crafted, these like clever page turns, and it all just builds in this beautiful way that you are right there in Alexander's shoes. And, you know, you find out when you're writing and trying to like get in the brain of a child and and have that reflected on the page um you know that it's hard work and it comes off so effortless and so true and I just feel like I don't know it's it's just remarkable (laughs) I'm totally with you with this book I I when I was thinking about this book as well I was like yes like the I wrote that note on the book that's like this is a this book so reflects childhood injustices like yes like yes the tiniest thing to the biggest thing he feels it all it's all terrible mm-hmm. and he like because as adults we often sort of forget how those things are just as like those are huge things for kids something is yeah. like something as tiny as the shoes right like yeah. it was a huge injustice to him and that yes. they're often sort of written off um, but then when you were that kid, you're like, no, nobody, he even says, I think once in the book, like, and nobody like even is listening or something like that. Right. right. Like, like they don't, you know, they're not listening to him. And, but then like what you were talking about, it's also just still relatable as an adult. Cause you're like, if you think about it for a minute, you're like, oh, this is like being human. Like I have days like this still. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I like, you know, and adults have trouble relating that to a kid, right? They think that the kids' things aren't as important as theirs. But I just love it. I was thinking about, too, how now as an adult and as a parent, looking at this book from so many different perspectives and how I can relate to all of them. So I can relate to the oh, kids. Yes, yes. Then, and the mom. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, yeah. And then as a yeah. parent, I can – a parent actually with – and you can relate to this, I think, even better because you had close-age sibling, right? Like, yeah. Or, um, like I can relate to my, I see my kids acting like this too, right? Like oh everything gosh. has to be so fair and just so like everything's oh. a huge deal. And I, as a parent, I just see my kids. I'm like, okay, I get it. They feel this way. But yes. also this, that spread with the dad where he's at. Oh my, office. yes. At, and he's like, I don't want you to pick me up anymore. <laughs> His face, like Ray Cruz just like illustrates, he's just like so exasperated. He's like, get oh my gosh. kids out of here. Like I've had the worst. He's had a terrible day too, right? He's I like, just, I love honesty of like parents and books and I just feel like that moment might have gone over my head or I might have seen my own parents like oh yeah sometimes I do do things you know that might frustrate my parents uh definitely yeah, but I don't think I ever adult, thought about that as a kid like frustrating right, my parents. I, right I know but like in all honesty I really don't think I tracked that super hard um <laughs> but it does feel timeless in that way of like reading this and reread and it's just like books that like you can reread over and over. I mean, that's the whole idea with picture books um, are to be able to like go back and, you know, and so this is just such a fun one to like revisit as an adult. And I, it just feels timeless in that way. Um, I had a t- that teacher, I think I maybe referenced early mm-hmm. on in my saga, not my saga, but my <laughs> long uh, story about I don't know how I got to this point, but uh, Mrs. Owings was that teacher. And I remember um, she, I mean, she was a champion of writing and reading and celebrating and amplifying books. And it was, I don't know, she's incredible. But 
I remember she had told us like, cause I was so obsessed with like these long sentences in this book or, you know, I don't know if it was this in particular, but just like, I don't know. I was like, I noticed that a writer had used a run on sentence Mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa, not supposed to do that. And I just remember her being like, you know, we're learning rules so we can bend and break them. And I just feel like Judith Fjord's just, this is a great example of that too. Oh yes. I mean, have you read her book? Um, I'll fix Anthony and it's illustrated by Arnold LaBelle. Oh yeah. 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 Oh God. Okay. Well, I mean, she just, she, she, I feel like she's known for writing just kids in that way. Like just like harsh kind of hard kids who are bratty or selfish or mean or whatever. And I just, I love that book so, so much. I was just reading, I've been reading it a lot lately with my son because he's the younger sibling and he's about to turn six and he can just relate Mm. to that character. The, The book is about two siblings and the little brother is basically saying he'll fix Anthony by making Anthony basically horrible at everything and like right. way better right. than his brother at everything. And he's yeah. and it's very mean spirited, but like, that's how you feel a lot of the time. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. And just being able to read it in a book. I feel like yeah. the same thing with my kids and this weird competition thing and this whole fairness and injustice, all these things that we're talking about and being able to see it on the page in, you know, it's sort of this like disassociation from themselves is like, Oh wow. That's, wild to do and then oh I think I do that you know like yeah Yeah. I feel like books I mean I could be wrong about this but it feels like those kind of books in a way it feels like they're getting harder and harder to get out in the world it's just like yeah and I and for one reason it's like yeah like gentle parenting is important and like whatever but at the same time it's like can we be real for a little while too like we can't always just have those kinds of stories um Anyways, yeah. and I, so I love the cover of All Fix Anthony too, which is like he's just stepping on his brother. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't thought about that cover in a I'll long put time. It, I gotta go find. I'll that. put it yeah. somewhere. I don't know. After yeah, this. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's a good one. There's one more thing too. I thought of about Judith Buess is that I I listened to something not that long ago, and she said that similar to you, like she wanted to be a writer her whole life, mm-hmm. and I think from like the age of seven, she was writing like these poems. And that she was trying at the age of seven was like trying to submit these poems to like ladies magazines and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she said her first poem was like an ode to her dead parents, but her parents were alive and well. And like, her parents were like super concerned and like miffed at her for like submitting this like poem about them being dead oh and like, kind of concerned for her. And I was like, that just seems very perfect and fitting um, oh, for her. I, I love the weird things that she's definitely a kindred spirit. I never wrote um, about my dead parents, them being alive, Uh, but similar stuff, just the weird stuff. I wrote this. um, I I must've like learned what, the word ultimatum was in like reference to like Harry S. Truman because I wrote this like monologue in like fifth grade from the perspective of his wife about oh what God. an ultimatum. I'm like, what? I was That's weird. amazing. <laughs> like kids are writing weird stuff and it pays off. So that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. All right. That's let's talk about your, your next book. What's the next okay. one on your list? Um, a child's book of poems and so um I had this collection uh it's uh Gyo uh, Fujikawa Mm -hmm. and I had this collection on my shelf as a kid and I just like even before 
I think I could probably even read. I just, maybe even after I could read, I wasn't even like tracking the poems really. It's like the art was so captivating and so varied. So throughout it, you know, and in this collection, she has another one um, where she's written the text. And so, but this is like a curated collection of poems from like, you know, Kate Greenway and William Blake and many others. Um, but some of the illustrations are like full spread, like full color. Some are just these like tiny poems and tiny vignettes and just, you know, and you could sit down and read a bunch or you could just kind of like read a little one and take it. You know, I just love that um, relationship with a book also that you just it's not about reading it cover to cover. And it's just about getting in there and maybe finding a favorite page. And I just loved that so much and I feel like her art really I just was trying to draw like she drew you know like I would make people like she drew people and I don't know I should research this the thought just came in my head too did she illustrate and I'm asking this rhetorically because I don't expect you to know the answer maybe but (laughs) I feel like she might have illustrated a version of shoots and ladders maybe not I don't know they ripped her off but anyhow I was always trying to draw people the way like a specific old version of shoots and ladders in her characters. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> what I can say on that, I have a little note written down about her because um, about this book and about her in yeah. general that I wrote down that I really see a strong connection between your work and her work Aww. um Aww. and it was about that was like so flattering first oh of all. I mean it's it, there is something about like the characters and I think one thing that you have a, that you do better than her I mean I love her but is um I think you do express character expressions. I mean her characters they they have expressions right but sometimes they're a little flat but like they are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But yours have a much more emotion in their facial expressions. But like overall, like her use of, yeah, just like space and color yeah. and the kids' body language and their head shape. And like, I don't know, yeah. there's something about it that strikes me as, as like this similarity. And also you both do such a great job at including just diversity and like mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. children who maybe like wouldn't feel seen or heard in right. a lot of books. Um, yeah. She did a great job at that. I feel like that was something I clocked, you know, as a kid too. I mean, I'm a white woman. I I grew up in a very like white town in Michigan and, you know, and seeing um, representation in books, obviously for me as a white person was very easy, but like recognizing when I did see like a diverse cast of characters or, you know, experiences that did not look like mine, uh, was very moving and I love, and I just, it made me want to go out and see the world and, you know, and I feel like representation is important for everybody in that way, you know? And so I think that's something I definitely clocked uh, with, with her work and, and definitely was inspired to reflect the world in my own work as well. So the fact that you are noticing that too is such a, such a flattering sentiment. So thank you for that. Of course. Uh, I love the way too that this collection, the way it's curated, um, really blurs the line between like fantasy and reality and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're seeing like a poem about the color of an iris, you know, and it's flowers on a hill or something. And it's very like, yeah, that's, 
very accurate. Uh, but then you're seeing like a fairy whip around some magic or, and it, there's this one image of like a little kid sleeping on a leaf and this little fairy overhead. And, you know, to my knowledge, that does not happen <laughs> in the world. So I, I, I just you. love that blurred line of like the unexpected. And I feel like that's something that's definitely a theme in, in a lot of stories that I'm drawn to make, you know, like mm-hmm. I love that sort of ambiguous sort of existence that really speaks to like childhood as far as, you know, navigating what's real and what is not and what is real because I think it's real. And, you know, you know, I just love that so much. So I relate to that too. I, I remember, um, I definitely read this book too as a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I haven't, I haven't revisited a ton because I don't have it anymore, but the one that I still have, um, is illustrated by her, and I think it's written by. Um, it's the night before Christmas with Conan oh yeah more yeah and yep. it um, I think it's the one that's like 1961 or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I know, and I'm trying to the the spread in that book that like is so imprinted in my memory forever was the all the this the children sleeping with the like all the food and the clouds and the sugar yes. plums dancing over their head. For some reason, yes. as a kid, I was so enthralled with that spread. And it just and it just solidified for me, like, her being this very important artist of that time and, like, me being like, I, I really like her art. I love – I love those images that stick with us. And, like, just seeing something, too, as a kid of, like, oh, I never even thought to do something like that. In that book, isn't there, like, a um, – an, an illustration with like a house, but it's like a slice of a house and you see all the different rooms. Uh, yeah. Like that I think was probably the first time I had seen that done in art. And I was just like, wow, this person is a genius. Whoever <laughs> thought to like, no one's ever like, I just remember having that like acknowledgement of like, wow, good yeah. work. Let's go to the next one. Um, mm. which is the next one. <laughs> Emma Jean's Antlers by David Small. This is probably the book that I remember just loving. And and I think it was on, well, I know that it was on Reading Rainbow. And I feel like, I don't know if it was, and I think it was of the time too. So like in the 80s, I feel like parents and educators were definitely looking to Reading Rainbow for book recommendations, right? So I have a lot of like you know, and they do special printing. So there are books in the world with like the Reading Rainbow logo on them. And we had a lot of those. Um, but this is one of them that I remember seeing on Reading Rainbow. I think they were like, because she, the girl wakes up, if you're not familiar, Imogene wakes up. And it, the first line is on Thursday when Imogene woke up, she found she had grown antlers. And you see her in her bed and she's like, basically looking on like straight onto camera and she's like or you know straight at the reader and uh reaching and touching her antlers and she's in her room and you see all her stuff um and just from there it is such a weird story yeah yeah <laughs> it's like this total suspension of disbelief because of course like as a kid you know you're not going to wake up with antlers but as a reader, and you're just like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, here we are. We're jumping right in. Um, and what I love too, I just think it's a great example of like the text and the illustration 
working together because reading it as an adult, I was so like, whoa, the text, you never read about how she feels about it. You see all these adults around her like freaking out. Her mom keeps fainting. They call in a milliner. They call in the school principal. All these people, all these adults, um, most adults, I should say, in the book are just you know, emotionally wrecked by this whole thing happening to her. She's just chill, you know, at first she's surprised, but then you see her like, you know, she's practicing her piano. Her brother's doing a little research about what type of antlers they might be, but the maid and the, and the cook are kind of into it. Like they put donuts on her antlers. I'm like, you're going to be fun to decorate at Christmas time. Like those two are like the supportive adults who are just like, you know, wonderful but you just never get an explanation like they try to cover them up and like it's just you're caught up as a reader in like the the shenanigans of it all like the hijinks of like oh my gosh how are we going to solve this or what's happening or you never get an answer I love that so much you never know why this happened and like I said this in the newsletter but like spoiler alert at the end you think oh okay she woke up and they're gone and she walks into the room and she's got a peacock tail and that's how the book ends and you seriously don't know <laughs> what in the world is happening with Imogene and you see her mom's like Wah! you know like fainting or whatever but I just think it is such a clever um way to tell a story in that way and it's such a good example of how a picture book works you know with the text and with the illustration and it would get boring and it would get like too heavy if you know in the text we're reading about how she's feeling about it and you know kind of like waxing on about the her emotions of it all but you're able to see that you're able to pick that up when she is feeling a little apprehensive or you know when she is excited or surprised or whatever so I I feel the exact same way I think this is a brilliant picture book and I Mm -hmm. think for all the reasons that you're saying and it's like Mm -hmm. this is a great example of a book that's that has to be in picture book form it's like it's Mm -hmm. it's so delightfully weird it Mm -hmm. uses page turns so well like it's Mm -hmm. like especially since the end where the like right before she turns into the peacock at the end which is such a wonderful ending it's like you can see the, the her the peacock feathers like like poking out of the bed and it's like all these details that kids can be like surprised and like hey wait look you know or um what I noticed too as an adult reading this book because as a kid I love this book too Mm -hmm. and I feel like so far in my experience have not come across a kid what reading this doesn't enjoy this book and my kids love it yeah they absolutely love it and it's always in every classroom right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but I feel like he does such a great job at uh the pictures do so much heavy lifting, which was kind of what you were talking about. It's like, Mm -hmm. there are so many details that help Mm -hmm. tell the story in the images. And like you were Mm -hmm. saying, we never get Imogene's perspective, but the way Mm -hmm. that she, not only the way that she's drawn, but like her bed and the details of like her shoes are always like kicked off or in her bed with her or like her, when the doctor is with her, it's like, she kind of just looks like so indifferent with her lollipop and like the, the, I think it's a bear, what, like a bear next to the yeah. bear has got like band-aids and like when the meme principal, I love the perspective of like when the meme principal comes in, oh, just yeah. the little details of her hands makes you feel like she's like, eh, like whatever. Like, I don't know. It to me, right? it just, she doesn't seem afraid of this meme principal. Right. With um, her eyes closed, like licking that lollipop. Yeah. I can't remember if it's with the principal or with the milliner or whatever. Yeah, the doctor. Yeah. 
And it's, it's so like, uh, it's something, of course, like I've said, I, I really loved as a kid, but revisiting it as adult and like wearing my like writer hat, I guess. Um, I just feel like it's a good, good example too of like trusting the reader. I feel like I have this tendency in like early drafts to like over explain and to like give too much backstory. And then part of the revision for me is like peeling that away and like, where am I going to leave room for the art to tell the story? But I feel like what he's done too is a great example of you know, leaving room for the reader to fill in the gaps. Like, because it was something that like literally like surprised me reading it as a doll, even recently of being like, oh, wait, we never hear. And I've said this, but like, we'd never hear how she feels. Mm-hmm. But I but I very much feel like I know how she's feeling. And so trying to be like, oh, I feel like, well, the images have done some work. And then I've also done some work as a reader. Like I filled in some gaps, you know, as far as understanding and making, taking meaning away from the story. Um, And I feel like, um, I don't know, just that whole notion of like, don't answer all the questions in, in a book. And I love when there's room for the reader to, 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 to do that and to make their own meaning. I love that too. I mean, my favorite books are always the books that are a little yeah have room are a little harder to interpret you have to sort mm-hmm. of do some work or mm-hmm. fill yeah and like you are sort of a part of the story and I think that that the, yeah that happens so much in this book and that's why it's a classic um and like being in Michigan he as a kid I mean we knew that he was from Michigan and that was so cool to me because it, I think in your head too or not your head but like you know the head of a child you're always like mm-hmm. I don't know you think that happens somewhere else and so the fact that like there was this guy making books like this who lived in Michigan like what oh my gosh it felt very like attainable like yeah. for a kid who wanted to explore that too and so yeah and then as an adult now he lives close by and we're like friends and able to chat and I worked on that book a very big fall a little bit um in his studio and he's just very generous and thoughtful and nice and hilarious yeah so (laughs) it's been a really fun thing I mean the first time I went down to his studio I went with my friend Chafe and he had us he was in the car with us I can't remember anyhow he had a stop at a mailbox so he could drop off his Netflix DVD (laughs) and I was like I love you oh my gosh I didn't know that they still did this but this is very cool (laughs) so a little anecdote about David's fall Put you on blast, David. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into your next book pick. What is the next one? Okay. So the next one is the first in a series called the Time Warp Trio, and it's the Knights of the Kitchen Table. And um, in this story, if you are not familiar, it's by John Cheska and illustrated by Lane Smith. And um, uh, it's a it's a it's a chapter book and um, a, a kid named Joe gets a book I think from his like uncle Joe which I thought was hilarious um him having the same name for whatever reason I was like oh clever Mr. (laughs) Sheska um (laughs) that's funny uh and so anyhow he this book is like magical and it sends him uh Joe and his friends like back in time and so in this first book they go back to like the medieval era and so they're rubbing elbows with like knights and king arthur and merlin and um it's funny and you know 
a quest of sorts. So I really loved it as a kid. And another, so John Cheska used to live in Michigan. So another original Michigan um, writer. But um, I met, I found this book uh, because, well, I was a big fan of the true story of the three little pigs. Mm -hmm. And I should send this to you. I I wrote like a sequel for him. called don't blame me and it, i think i must have been in fifth or sixth grade and it is the story of the three little bears from goldilocks oh my God. perspective so felt very clever uh continuing that book anyhow uh yeah because so, well, yeah, if people don't know the perspective in the three little pigs is from the wolf's perspective yes yes and he's yeah. like making hilarious reasons like oh i had a cold that's yeah. why i was sneezing i thought it was so funny so so funny. i did a a take on that you know i uh, love it <laughs> yeah and so my mom worked at an elementary school and they would have like stellar author visits and it was at a different school district and she knew I wanted to be a writer and like on days that there was an author visit and I had met like David Small too as a kid. Uh, but anyhow, she would let me skip school and she, I would be like, take your daughter to work day and I would go and she'd make me like wait until all the kids who actually went to the school and the assembly or whatever got to like get their book signed. So I was always in like the back of the line, just like chomping at the bit, like, let me tell you all my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) And so, oh gosh, I was such a dork, but still am. Uh, But anyhow, the day I met him and I like wrote about it before, but I I think I had my copy of the three little pig, the true story of the three little pigs. And I was just fully like ready to gush. And I like told him, I think like, I have not, I have not even read this book. I don't know the nights of the kitchen table, but that's really funny. Cause I'm like explaining it to him. Like, cause like the nights of the round table and he's like, yeah, that's exactly it. And I was like, Ugh. but I basically was like, I want to be a writer when I grow up. And he just like, and I imagine, you know, as an author too, I know what the, like, you work through a very long line talking to all these kids, the last kid in line, you know, and you're tired, but he like put down his pen and he was like looking right at me and he's like talking to me and he's like, are you like, do you write now? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm working on this story and, you know at the time I think it was like about my bear who came to life at night and I'm like telling he's like oh that sounds really good and he's like so it sounds like you're already a writer you don't have to wait because I had said I wanted to be a writer when I grew up and he and I just like a light bulb went off and I was like oh I am a writer like it just like him a real person who does this professionally telling me I was a writer I was so like oh my gosh I felt so seen and like I don't know. It was, it was, um, I don't know. It felt very influential. And I I like this cop and I end up loving the book. I mean, I love, I love anything surrounding like Camelot and those stories of knights Mm -hmm. and quests. And I'm down for all of that. Um, but like his, his interaction, you know, it shifted my thinking and, and I, I really do feel like it was pivotal in like informing um, how I engage with young readers and valuing youth voices and starting a writing center to really like, you guys are writers now. Did you ever get to have a moment as a, as a children's book maker now with him? Right. It did kind of come full circle. So when um, my first books were announced, I mean, it was like a huge deal for me, you know, and it's like, 
all these book announcements are always in like Publishers Weekly. And so I was just so excited to see my write-up. I'm like, oh, I've been waiting for this forever. And on that day, I like load it up and I see and my name and my announcement is right next to John Sheska's for yeah. his um astronauts book that had you know was being announced yeah. and I seriously cried I was like oh my gosh like wow beautiful full circle moment and I was just so like oh wow this is very cool and then I met him at this thing called nerd camp um which uh <laughs> is on hold for now, but, uh, what is nerd camp? (laughs) Nerd camp is like a meeting of like teachers and librarians and authors and illustrators from all over. It was, um, originally here in Parma, Michigan. And, you know, it's, it was like presentations and, um, I don't know, like just this like social, there's a better way to describe it all, but like authors and illustrators would present and like teachers would present. And it was a really fun way for educators to meet authors and illustrators. And, you know, our local bookstore here in Kalamazoo book bug, um, would like sell books there. And it was just like this really like the, the, just the energy there was just so exciting. Cause it was always just like, ah, a bunch of people that love books, talking about books, meeting each other. And so he was presenting there. And I think it was the first year that I was there presenting. And I did like sit in on one of his things. And then after I was so like sheepish, like I <laughs> wanted to like tell him everything. And then afterwards, I think I was just like, yearbooks mean a lot to me. <laughs> oh, no. I, was like, I think I might have said like, I met you when I was a kid. And he was like, whoa. You know, like but. you said, I was a writer. Look, I am a writer. I always have And you said you were excited to read my books. So here's a bunch of them. No. Uh. <laughs> Maybe you can bring that, the the um, the bear one to life. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, there needs to be probably like a, what's that? Like six, is it six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Seven yeah. degrees? Yeah. There needs to be in like the children's literature world, like six degrees of John Sheska. Oh, that, uh, Yes. Definitely. <laughs> I think too, and so if people don't know who are listening, um, he also did the stinky cheese man and other mm-hmm. really stupid tales. And mm-hmm. um, all of the ones I think that we're talking about were Lane Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, illustrated so, yeah. by Lane Smith, who mm-hmm. I feel like too is a huge part of just the beauty of all of these books because it's like that his illustrations too were just so like weird. weird. And dark. Yes. And like, yes. vi- like vivacious, they're just like, there's just like, they leap off the page at you. You're just like, whoa, like this is yes. weird. But like, there's like a 3D quality to yeah. his art that is so like, I don't even know. Like, like I the could scale never, but... of the way he draws characters and things. You're just like, it's so off, but like feels so right at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. Right. That wolf's head. Yeah. It just, in my brain, it's just enormous. <laughs> I just thought about it. So I've had this copy that he signed that I've just has followed me around the country basically like I don't I just hold on to it for like sentimental purposes too but um he I think I complained to him that like everyone because I have an older sister her name's Eleanor I was like everyone always writes like to Eleanor you know first her name's always first Mm -hmm. and like in my copy he like wrote my name first and I was like that's incredible you're so so cool John Cheska you're you're being like the kids out of the the Judith books it's like yeah like my sister gets her name first in all the books like what the hell right and he's like not today (laughs) not today he just you can tell by reading his books 
that he just gets it right he just like get oh yes kids and i love that his books are just so funny and so weird and that there is meaning but that that's not the main priority of his books like right just prioritizing laughing and the mm -hmm. humor of it all and the clever play I mean even the title like I already said but like Knights of the Kitchen Table like all these things that are just so funny and like I don't know I feel like that informs I mean I I love to laugh I have read his (laughs) um like memoir like uh, Knucklehead no, I, I haven't. haven't. I haven't either, but I, I, I would like to. Um, I'll add it to my list. Add it to the list. So wait, is this is this our last book? Are we? I on? think so. All right. Um, so yes, the okay. Happy Day. Um, Ruth Krauss and Mark Simone, uh, illustrated. I love this book, and this is one too. I definitely wanted in my stack to have, um a Ruth Krauss book and I wanted to have a Mark Simmel book. And the fact that they collaborated really helped me out to get into this mm-hmm. <laughs> five book stack. But I do, I love this book a lot and I feel like it reflects a lot of the reasons why I admire each of them so much. Um, for me, I feel like, and I talked about this in the newsletter, but that the notion of like collaboration is so exciting to me, like on my wish list, because I'm off, I'm authoring and illustrating my own stuff. But like, oh, I would love to illustrate someone else's book. I would love to hand over a manuscript and have someone else illustrate that. So that is that notion of collaborate. I'm such a collaborative person by nature. So I'll off, like oftentimes making my own stuff, I feel in my head a lot and it gets overwhelming. And so, and anyhow, I'm very excited to collaborate. So this book reflects that as well. But as far as the book, this is a story um, about a bunch of animals waking up from, you know, hibernation in the winter to spring. And I just feel like starting with maybe the artwork. So it's black and white. And it's, and I think it's like charcoal pencil, you know, that has this very like softness to it in the illustrations. And it leads up to these animals waking up um, or finding a flower. And so the only color in the book is this yellow flower at the end. And you, the cover, you know, is yellow and stuff, but in, in the interior, the only color is this yellow flower. And I just feel like, whew so beautiful um breathtaking almost I feel like it really relates to especially in Michigan I mean in states that you have such like a rough winter just this sheer celebration of the spring of seeing a flower I mean every single year we are like freaking out about (laughs) seeing anything living so it's very cool um but yeah so I feel like just that deep that deeply resonates but um too like oh I love in the flap copy I don't have the book in front of me but in the flap copy it's like I'm paraphrasing but it's like where you are generally giving a summary of the book and it even acknowledges in the flap copy it's like you know to describe this book is is you know one thing but really here's what describes the book and it's like an illustration of like a very joyful squirrel like dancing yes. <laughs> and I'm like oh I want to do that someday I love that I love that like I love in that the flap too. copy having that illustration so yeah so with his artwork 
I feel like I am very drawn to his art and his art really reflects like a versatility to me that I feel like a kindred spirit in the fact that like, I feel like seeing all his books, you might not be able to list them like a Mark Simmel book um, or even seeing them all together. Like, whoa, I didn't know he made all these books. They're all very different. And I feel like he's making art that really caters to the story. You know what I mean? I like totally it, agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I, I am so moved by people with such a distinct, I mean, style, right? Like you think of like, and I think I gave these examples of like Maurice Sendak and, uh-huh. and like Christian Robinson is people who are like, you can see their art and be like, oh, I know who that is, you know? Um, and while I think that is beautiful and, you know, wonderful, I do love the versatility and the cleverness that I feel like is reflected in Mark Simone's work where it's mm-hmm. like very much you know, I don't know. It feels like such a part of this specific story, like the artwork. Um, so yeah. And, and even like so many of my favorites, uh, favorite books, like he's illustrated. I, I really love the Philharmonic gets dressed. I love, um, the middle grade book, uh, in the year of the Boren, Jackie Robinson. Have you read that? I have not read that one. It's really wonderful. Um, but yeah, he, he just, a lot of books that have meant a lot he has illustrated. Yeah. And then as far as Ruth Krauss goes, I mean, she is a gem. And I feel like part of the reason why I picked this is because um, there is like this playfulness in this text that, you know, with like repetition and with mm-hmm. these like, you know, div- like poetic devices that she's using to tell this story, I feel like it's so um, – playful and I really feel like it speaks to the mind of a child you know I feel like she's someone who is like in the head of children like she deeply understands what it means to be a kid right and that is reflected like in all her books I'd say um but yeah I feel like there's like an honesty also you know like totally yeah yeah I, I have so much I want to talk to you about with this book and I'm glad yeah. you kind of saved this one for last because these yeah. two Ruth Krauss and Mark Samant are like two of my absolute favorites as well. When you first read that book, you might be like, whoa, these are kind of weird repetitions or like weird arranging yeah. of sentences. Like if yeah. you think about it and you pull it apart, you're like, but then like that is so brilliant. Like the way that she puts sentences together and can think of like the way a, the way just even something sounds, like a word sounds and to inject mm-hmm. it here and then to repeat it here. And like mm-hmm. it seems sort of redundant sometimes but like when you read the whole story you're like oh like this it's like building right and And it's it's like hypnotizing in that way of like yes you think that just kind of like randomly saying a bunch of words you feel like (laughs) okay kids are tuning out but no it is like drawing them in and this is a book too that at least in my house stands the test of time because like my kids are drawn in by exactly what you're saying as far as like that sort of interesting pace and word choice and stuff but thinking about even the 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 context of the story like it's when you think of animals waking up from hibernation sure you're thinking of bears and squirrels and then she puts snails in there I love the snails so much and the snails like steal the show for me oh my god I am obsessed with this herd of snails it's something that we reference a lot like we are often running late in the morning on the way to school (laughs) and 
in my like trying to get Zen moment, I'm just like, we are the herd of snails. We are I the herd of snails, that. you know, like just, uh, yeah. And like, it is fully like, le- like it draws you in physically to the book. Like my kids are like arching in like at bedtime, you know, of like leaning into the book, like, look at those snails. Like it's a, I'm obsessed. We it's are obsessed. It's so like deceptively simple too. Like I feel like an average person would just look at this book and be like, this is so simple. I could do this book. But then you're like, and that's why everyone thinks, yes, yes. And that is something you see a lot. And like, I am all about everybody writing stories. Yeah. I love that notion. But what is frustrating is when it's, kind of like this like oh I could do that I could write a bunch of words on a page and I could anyone can make children's book I'm like no any, I mean sure anyone can but like yeah I, mean, I maybe don't know you can all write a story but maybe you can't get it published <laughs> right right oh gosh I have, so, I have so much I want to say about him too like he he can just kind of insert himself into a story in such a beautiful way and you yeah. mentioned in the newsletter a couple of his other books um there was one that I was sort of familiar with, but hadn't thought of in a long time. That was like an early reader, maybe. That oh, the No, no More Monsters? Monsters. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I am. That was a favorite too as a kid, and I was so like, so. You, do you remember that as a kid, or is that yes. something you found later on? Yeah, and like the color palette is mm-hmm. like the green. Probably my favorite color palette is like I love like pink and green and brown. Yeah. I love that combination so much. But in this, so this early reader, No More Monsters, is that color palette, but a little more like muddy and gritty. It is the strangest color palette for an early reader. You know, yeah. like it just feels very like muddy and dark. I've but it is about. He seems to do that a lot in his books, though. Like, yes. Like, working with colors in a very specific way in a lot of his stories. He has a that's book brilliant. with Margaret Wise Brown that's really, I think, I think a pretty old one that's not that um I, it's probably not in print I don't know it's called like the mm-hmm. first story have you seen mm-hmm. his illustrations? I don't it's gorgeous and what mm-hmm. I have noticed that I am drawn to with him and a lot of his books is he does he draws night scenes so mm-hmm. beautifully like his mm-hmm. sunsets or the dark or like in that monster mm-hmm. book the night scenes where like the girl and the monster are like silhouettes in the mm-hmm. in the dark it's incredible yeah. and then Ruth Cross like She's one of my oh. absolute favorites. And yes. I just she's so weird. Yeah, she's so weird and playful. And I just, yeah, I love I love just about everything that I've ever read by her. And have you know, I was thinking about the carrot seed. Oh yeah. Yeah. That she did with Crockett Johnson. Yeah. Um and did you ever uh I was on like a big eBay uh <laughs> like rabbit hole, which I'm I'm am like almost every day. Yeah, same. Um, I just got some huge <laughs> posters that were much bigger than I thought Amazing. from, from uh, I always I feel like I say his name wrong is it Tommy Younger or Tommy Younger I'm gonna say it wrong too I always say Tommy Younger okay I think that's what it is but I feel like that's what I anyhow uh, there are these like this Hansel and Gretel and this like um, the godmother person from Cinderella that he mm-hmm. did and I was like oh these are cool and I don't think I really looked at how big they are it is like I don't even know like four feet tall I'm like where am I gonna put these anyhow so my dad growing up was like we had so many records and my yeah, dad was really too. yeah so into um like audio like story like children's books read oh yeah on records yeah with the little like bling yeah the page yeah oh yes 
I love those. But then there was also these um, these ones that were kind of productions by like the Children's Record Guild, um, okay, fifties, the and they have one for the Carrot Seed, and oh. it's um, it's so good. I don't know for some reason, like it just really reminds me of ch- my childhood, like listening to those, um, yes, like radio productions of books, and I think Ruth Cross's like texts are really great for for audio you know even though like in yeah pictures, I think it's it's really important to see the the pictures but like she I think for, in particular her stuff's really fun to that book just really reads so well on on the audiobook um there was yeah. another one too for or not audiobook but like whatever this record thing I don't know what you call it but um so there's also one for one of my favorite books that I was like it's in my cart but I just don't know if I need it it's a um wait till the moon is full by <gasps> Margaret this is on my desk I <laughs> And I am, I w- you can't see me. <laughs> I just realized I'm like holding it up. Like, yeah, I love that book. Yeah. So much. There is that scene where they're all dancing in the moonlight. Oh my God. And I'm, I, I'm work, the book I'm working on now takes place at night and I keep just like staring at that book. <laughs> I mean, it is like, not to be, you know, derivative, but to just let the magic of that book seep into my brain. Um, but I love that book so much. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I'm glad. Like, it's right here. Because when I posted on my Instagram, the little, um, like, in the dedication and how she has that dedication, like, yes. how they wrote it around. And it's like, yes, I yes. don't botch it up about, like, to the, you have it in front of you. What <laughs> what and then it? I said that and I, like, tossed it. But it is right here. It's, like, to the, um... In my excitement, I waved it around and then like tossed it on the floor. And my cord of my, I wish you could have video of me trying to lean over. It was within reach. I this book is dedicated. Okay, wait. To people who are listening, they're like, these girls are like really dorky about picture books, but like in the best way. Totally the best way, right? This book is dedicated to all things that love the night. Oh, isn't that just so? I love that so much. Oh, I love that too. So, wow, it's so beautiful. Oh. Um, but yeah, so there's a so there's funny. a record of that one too. But I, I I got to listen to a preview. It actually doesn't sound as good as the the carrot seed in, in, on first mm-hmm. listening, but mm-hmm. it's still worthy of purchasing. Um. <laughs> yes, yes, I say yes. I'm the bad um, like influence to your eBay buying. I say yes, get it. Yes, <laughs> this is only the first audio recording I've ever done. But eBay, if you're out there. Talk for me. <laughs> oh, perfect. Let's make that happen. Yes. Let's make it happen. Um, okay, so I feel like we've done, we've gone through your stack of books. They're yes. amazing selections. I can totally see why these books have been influential to you. But before we say goodbye, I think we should talk about your new book that's coming out this year. I think we should talk oh, about yeah. a very big fall. Because I love it so. so Just for people to know, I got to get a sneak peek this morning. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, um, You're the first. I mean, there are people who have read the manuscript, like some pals and stuff, but no one's like seen it together like you have. Oh, I'm I'm so flattered. Uh, (laughs) Moonbow exclusive. Um, (laughs) I loved it so much. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, I want to hear all about it. I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's this one spread where you were like, 
with the maple leaf. This you'll talk about what the book is about yeah. in a second with yeah. these leaves, right? These characters, mm-hmm. and I love that mm-hmm. this book is told of the perspective of the leaves, which is mm. amazing. But um, where he the maple <laughs> leaf, which she's having, you know, she's not she's not falling and changing as fast as she wants to, mm-hmm. um, and she's just like, nope, in like giant. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> And it's just this zoomed up close up of her eyes, and and then like the next page is like her like just trying to kind of just really just she's so exasperated trying to like just be yeah. comfortable waiting. With her oh, friend. I love that you love that spread. I, I like that I, one I, too. It just made me laugh. Um, I'm excited for that page turn. I mean, you're seeing like a digital copy. Yeah, I don't know. That I'm excited to like hold it in my hands and read it with young readers and like do that page turn. I'm really excited about that moment. Yeah. And the way that you arranged the text and the spreads is so – there's so much movement and fun happening Aww. within that. Um, there's so much energy, I think, like in the story. Like if you could just look like, I probably should have started with you talking about it before I – No, no, yeah. <laughs> I – like uh, you were the first person to gush with me. I am so flattered. I'm so excited. I respect in – value your opinion on books so much so the fact that like you are gushing means the world um so yeah it's a it's a fictional picture book um the first it's like my debut fictional book which is very exciting uh to me it's the kind of book I've always wanted to make so it's been a lot of fun it's all like you mentioned it's um like a mixed media approach and um so yeah, my the nerdy series. I I think I mentioned this before. Those are all done digitally. So this is like my first like traditional art uh, for a book, and it's just exciting in so many ways. But the um, and it's about to me the book is about looking up and being an observer and just making stuff up. And that's who I was as a kid, you know. And so basically fall is approaching, leaves are going to start changing color. And you then are with these leaves who are navigating this whole experience for the first time um, with some influence from some helpful squirrels, not so helpful squirrels, (laughs) ambiguously helpful squirrels. Um, But yeah, and it's so funny too. So this book I sold the first week of like just before like the world shut down for the pandemic in 2020 and it was a what, like a weird time so I ma- this was like my pandemic book like I was working on this for that whole time and like homeschooling kids and so like I feel like so there's three leaves that we follow in the story and they're very reflective of my own kids I think subconsciously it wasn't like an intentional thing to sit down and do but my three kids have very distinctly different personalities. <laughs> and so I like that little tidbit. But yeah, I mean, inevitably we know what happens to leaves at the end of the fall, but hopefully there's a nice little surprise, not surprise. Well, but, but do we know what happens to leaves at the end? I mean, I guess, right, right. I guess, yeah, there is a surprise. I think. <laughs> Anyone who I, like, I think I mentioned it to my kids when I was like writing the story and my youngest was like, are they all going to die? <laughs> I was like, yes. In her little voice. Uh, but yeah, I'm just so excited. I think I just did a terrible job. I need to work on my um, talk, my me talking about the, this book. So I have to work no, on it. I think it was great. I, I Like I said, I love this so much. It's so fun. I, I also love, as somebody who is a big reader of picture books, especially heavily increased during the pandemic. 
Um, right. I feel like seeing little nods to things that we experienced as readers in, uh, and stuff in the pandemic in the book, yes. like a couple yes. of us might recognize and also seeing things from you. Like I can't help yeah. but sort of as a outsider, like I don't know your kids, but I know that the girl in the story is your Instagram profile picture. So yes. it's hard not yes. to think of that that's Emmy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but, and, but yeah. Yeah. You might see a Max book club hat at the very end of the, as someone who I know that you are in the book club. Um, the last spread, there is the dad wearing the hat. hat. And yeah. also just like your, because you have your Instagram, um, the art in the background. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just so now every time I'm looking at a book, I'm thinking about <laughs> the art in the background. I'm looking at oh, the art good. In, yeah, I'm thinking about the art in the background of your book. <laughs> yes. Um, I was so excited to have some art in the background. So <laughs> I think it's yes, great. I can't wait to make my own post and really, you know, amp I, up myself. I expect, I, expect you to, <laughs> I expect you to do that. That's part of the reason for just doing Moonbow in general is just that there are so many things in kids books and in picture books in particular mm-hmm. that parents and readers um, and kids uh, can stop and talk about and like stop and notice, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like art in the background or like all these mm-hmm. different things that we have spent an hour and a half talking about. Yeah. <laughs> these are things that like, when you stop and look at these things in books and maybe people already are, or maybe they're not. And then this could help hopefully sort of inspire people to take a closer look at these books and all the work and art and thought and things that go into it. And that only makes the reading experience so much more fun um, yeah. when you start doing that. So that's hopefully the goal of this newsletter is to be a place where average readers like me can really dig deeper and appreciate this art form because I don't know that it's always getting that kind of level of attention um, from people outside of the industry, you know, at least. Right. Yeah. I just love this conversation. I love talking about books and having a space to do that. (laughs) It's so fun. And I think this is brilliant. I'm so excited for, for Moonbow and so honored to be in the conversation with you. I thank you so much. I mean, it's just, I mean, this has been so insightful for me too. I can totally see the through line of like you as young storyteller Emmy to where you are now. <laughs> it's been so fun to go on this journey with you and thank you for how much time, time and your talent that you've put into doing stuff for this. I mean, it just means the world to me. So thank you. I I hope it reflects on like what you are doing though, like is just so exciting so I'm excited to be a part of it and it's fun like it's it's so much fun (laughs) well I think that's a great place to end it so thank you so much and I can't wait for your book to come out high five